0: Hello, listeners. Today's episode is on the great Saint Anne, the mother of Mary, the grandmother of Christ. This has actually been a very highly requested episode. A lot of folks want some grandmotherly energy in their lives, and Saint Anne is an incredible saint and ally. And this is going to be part of a larger series. I want to dedicate May to Mary, but I want to do that not just talking about Mary each week, but instead uncovering certain people, figures, and events in Mary's life. So of course, we need to kick this off with Mary's mother, the great Saint Anne. So we begin with a story, which is actually a conglomerate of Anne's story in the Quran with Anne's story and the Gospel of James. So we start with that story about Saint Anne, and then of course, as always, we talk about the history, the legends of Anne, and how you can connect with Anne in your practice. Thank you very much for listening, and enjoy. Anne, wife of Joachim, was in tears as she fed the birds. As she nurtured and fed the friendly creatures, it only made her regret not having children in her life. But it was too late for her now because she was too old. And God knows that they've tried. Seeing his wife in distress yet again, Joachim came and wrapped his arms around her. He also began to sob before getting up and venturing into the wilderness. Where are you going? Anne called out. To pray, Anne. To pray until God gives us a child. Days and days passed until one night Anne was awakened by a voice and a bright light. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, the sweet-sounding words kept repeating. You and your husband's prayers will be answered, so dry your tears and give glory to God. Too stunned to speak "'Who, what, who and what are you?' Anne asked. "'I am the strength of God, Gabriel.' "'Simultaneously, the angel known as the strength of God, Gabriel, "'appeared to Joachim as he slept in the woods. "'Get up. Go to your wife, Joachim, and it's done.' Months later as Anne held her newborn baby girl in her arms and Joachim stood by her side, the same familiar light filled the room. This time it was an entire choir of angels. Gabriel approached Anne, picking up her newborn girl, kissed the baby's small head and whispered, Welcome. Don't cry. Because I'll be seeing you again very soon. Mary. Peace be with you and with your spirit. Welcome to another episode of St. Anthony's Tongue. I am your host, W. And today we will be talking about a rather often requested saint, which was surprising. I was not expecting so many people to want to know more about the Mother of Mary, Grandmother of Christ, but I love it. And that is St. Anne. And we don't know too much about St. Anne. What we do know is she is the mother of Mary and the grandmother of Christ. And while she is revered and honored in Catholicism, she's not mentioned in any of the canonical texts. And we get Anne's legend and her name from the apocryphal gospel of James, which is from around 150 AD. Um, Now, this is a good opportunity to talk about apocryphal texts. There's kind of this myth that the church banned 14 books or something from the Bible. And that's not necessarily true. Were there books that they rejected because they had some, what would be considered flawed theology? Of course. Though it's not like all of the books were just laid out at the same time and said, yeah, this one, no, that, not that one. Some were also rejected because they didn't appear until 500, 600 years after the death of Christ and hundreds of years after the Bible was already in circulation. But again, we have to remember that the Catholic Church doesn't believe in Sola Scriptura, that the the Bible is the sole source of truth. And the Gospel of James is actually a good example of that. Because while, yes, there were parts of it that the Church did not find to be fitting to be in the normal canonical texts, they still took pieces from the Gospel of James, You know, we still call St. Anne, St. Anne, and St. Joachim, Joachim, and the stories and legends from the Gospel of James are still used. And you have this with other things too, like there's stories about how Mary and Joseph met that are also from apocryphal texts. So what I'm trying to say here is even the church says, yeah, there's theology in here that does not really jive with the majority of the other books. But we can still use it. You can still read it. It's not banned. It's still there. It's still accessible. And we still like and find validity in Anne's name. I mean, that's kind of small potatoes, really. Venerating a grandmother of Christ is beautiful. Was her name Anne? No idea. But we can still venerate her. I'm going off on a tangent. But my point, though, is even the apocryphal texts are still used sometimes. Because folklore... And, tr- and traditional legends can still be helpful in people's spirituality. This concept of a religion being true or false is a fairly modern invention. And similarly, the concept of this isn't in the Bible, so it must not have happened or must not be true is also a Protestant sola scriptura invention. But let's go back. Let's talk about the Gospel of James and what is in it. So the Gospel of James is actually quite similar to the Gospel of Matthew, just there were a few other parts in there primarily the story of mary's birth so in the gospel of james joachim and anne are wealthy they're older and like i said in the intro story sad that they cannot have children joachim goes to the wilderness and prays and like i said in the story angels appear and um gabriel wasn't mentioned that was my fictional historical fiction uh addition, but it is important though because Anne being visited by angels mimics Mary later being visited by angels. Then they send Mary to the temple at three years old where it said she was fed by angels every day. Anne is actually also mentioned in the Quran, while she is not mentioned, Joachim is. He's called Imran, which is Arabic essentially for Joachim, and it's a similar story. Anne was feeding the birds, that's where I got that line from, and she prayed for a child, and they expected it to be a a boy, so they promised that they would dedicate service in the temple towards their son. However, then they bore a daughter instead, and Anne kept her promise and still raised her in the temple. She said allegedly, My Lord, truly, I brought her forth a female, and God is greater in knowledge of what she brought forth. And the male is not like the female, so her Lord received her with the best acceptance, and her bringing forth caused the very best to develop in her. So, essentially, saying that Anne brought Mary to the temple, and the Lord still was ecstatic to receive her and developed her in in theology and rabbinic Judaism. So that is why, or likely why, and how Jesus knew a lot about theology, spirituality, essentially just pointing back to Mary was a teacher of Christ, and Anne was a teacher of Mary. So like I said, the Gospel of James actually was very popular. It was rejected by the church. So this is kind of an instance of the church pulling the text away, but again, we still use pieces of it and they pulled it away because of Mary having more babies. So the perpetual virginity of Mary was in question. Um, It's still in the Bible that Jesus had siblings or brother of Christ is used in the Bible to discuss disciples and most common scholars, or at least Christians, I don't know about scholars, would say that that is kind of slang. It it might be cousin, might be, or half brother because Joseph had other children. So the church did have an issue with that. So it was not included in the canonical gospels, but you could still read it. They're not gonna excommunicate you. And I do wanna have a side note on that. And this is this is a common belief. Yes, the Middle Ages, they were obsessed with purity and virginity and all of that. It's interesting though, because the Eastern Orthodox, at least early Eastern Orthodox Church, which were early Christians, they weren't considered Eastern Orthodox then, early Eastern Christians didn't care if Mary had other siblings. Uh, The perpetual virginity thing really came into effect in the Middle Ages. And while yes, purity culture had something to do with that, it's also believed that Jesus's siblings had to be kept secret because of persecution. So these bloodlines could be traced back by the Romans and the other people that were persecuting Christians at the time. So there is some belief that, at least in the earlier church, the instances of Jesus having siblings was pulled back, not for the virginity thing, but also for safety. Regardless though, Gospel of James was not used in the canonical, wasn't banned, but it wasn't used in the canonical gospels because of the sibling mentions. So in the Middle Ages, it was believed that St. Anne married two more times after Joachim's death, and she had two other daughters named Mary. That's the legend. There was Mary of Clopas and Mary Salome, and um, both of these Marys were believed to be at the crucifixion and or burial. So you have the legend of the three Marys at Jesus's death, I don't know about legend the mystery of these three marys at jesus's death and people trying to figure out who they were likely the virgin mary that's one we know she was at the crucifixion and then likely mary salome and Clopas, or virgin mary Clopas and magdalene it gets even more confusing because there's a mary of bethany there's a mary mother of james and then other people are like well was mary mother of james also mother of jesus we don't know nonetheless There is belief that she had other children and that's all we really know about Saint Anne. We know that she was the mother of Mary, the wife of Joachim, she may have had other children, and there are stories in the Quran and early biblical texts, though apocryphal, about her giving birth to Mary. Despite this though, the cult of Saint Anne was very popular in the Middle Ages, to the point where it was so popular the Pope had to essentially approve and endorse veneration to her. And that would continue until modern day. And I really like that she was popular in the Middle Ages because to me, some of the more mystical elements of Catholicism that people are most attracted to, using the rosary for manifestation, holy water um, for getting rid of the demonic and evil, the laity being able to do certain things, everything I mentioned in the reconstruction episode, if you haven't listened, All of those things were very popular in the Middle Ages. So of course, having cults, having groups around particular saints, St. Anne, John the Baptist was also big in the Middle Ages. I just like it. It's very on brand for for early Middle Age Catholicism. All right, so how can we work with St. Anne? So Anne is beloved because she is one of the few saints who was a regular person, and I love that. We all want a saint we can relate to, and sometimes it's very hard when all the saints are martyrs, priests, nuns, ascetics. She was a woman who raised a family. She was a wife, a mother, a grandmother. Similarly, that's why Joseph is very popular, right? Joseph has no lines in the Bible, and yet he is popular because he was not a martyr. He was not an ascetic. He was a father, a husband, and similarly, Anne a wife, a mother, a grandmother. And her devotion is very widespread. As I said, initially it was taboo until miracles started happening due to her intercession. And this began in the Middle Ages around that cult of Saint Anne that started happening. Uh, One of the most well-known stories is a mute boy who suddenly spoke out in France when they uncovered a body of a woman. He yelled out, this is the body of Anne mother of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And of course that was miraculous because this boy never spoke and now he could speak. There are also a lot of healing wells that are dedicated to St. Anne. And these are wells, as you can imagine, that have healing properties in the water. You find these a lot in Ireland and many of the stories contain elements of at the bottom of the well, eventually they found some kind of statue of a woman holding a baby. The farmers that found them were Christian, so they would say things like, "Oh, this must be Saint Anne because it's not Mary, because Mary has a very particular imagery." Though it's more than likely that these statues were of Irish and um, Celtic pagan goddesses. Though, if you're familiar with black Madonnas, things of that nature, this is very common. It was common for early Christians or even medieval Christians or even fairly modern Christians to find some kind of statue and say, oh, well, we're going to venerate that as a saint. And that's a completely other rabbit hole, though this is very common. And to me, the energy is still there. What the icon looks like is of least importance. Her feast day is July 25th, and she is the patron of a lot of things but most well-known mothers, grandmothers, women wishing to wed, women wishing to have children, seamstresses, and more. Her iconography, she is most often depicted with books, and that is going to be a, cr- a callback to her ensuring that Mary had a good temple education Even at three years old and then the other one is doorways or doors and someone asked me about this recently on Instagram and I could not answer why doors are associated with Anne but I can now it symbolizes the womb so it symbolizes that she gave birth to Mary who would give birth to Christ and also it said she has dominion over subterranean realms like caves and mines and by extension wombs sacred plants are roses and chamomile and much like mary you can also offer her ribbon and lace all right how can we work with anne or what are some rituals for saint anne much like tony tony please come down something's lost that must be found the italian strike again this time the new orleans italians which is saint anne saint anne Please come find me a man, that's a popular one. Though the most common way to work with St. Anne is through the St. Anne's Chaplet. And this is a string of prayer beads, usually 18, with a St. Anne medal attached. There are also usually larger beads that you can say the Our Father on, and those are sometimes in the shape of a rose. And after each Hail Mary, you say, Jesus, Mary, and St. Anne, grant me the favor that I ask. And again, manifestation, right? Listen to the rosary episode again, or listen to it if you haven't. The rosary is a tool for petitioning, and in a way, manifestation. Folks like to say, this is not a magical tool, and yet, people pray it for protection against the demonic and evil spirits, and ever since its inception, it's been used for manifestation, and this also can be said for the prayer beads of chaplets for great saints like Saint Anne. And due to her having this affiliation with doorways, with subterranean realms, I'd recommend any kind of novena work, much like you would any crossroads spirit or crossroads saint, like a Saint Peter. So when you want to open a door, when you want to open a path, when you feel like something is blocking you, since Saint Anne does have that tie-in with doorways, she is a great road-opening saint to work with. And also since there's that womb symbolism, there's also the symbolism or the allyship of creation, right? So yes, working with her for fertility issues, for conception, that's beautiful. But also any kind of creation, creating art, uh, creating some kind of big work or school project, or even creating new opportunities or solutions, St. Anne is the way to go. So in summary, fairly quick episode, We don't know too much about saint anne and she's almost like a canvas for us and i think that's beautiful much like joseph is we do know that she was a person she was not a martyr she was not a nun she was a human being she was a mother a wife a grandmother and i think that's very beautiful i think when we do have any kind of family issues or family problems we can call upon saint anne because she can relate to us much like joseph can relate to us in our household, and much like Mary as well. She is often used for, like I just said, creation, fertility issues. But I do think she needs to be discussed more from a crossroad type saint. If you don't vibe with Peter, if you don't vibe with Lucy, who I'd also put in that category, Saint Anne can be another great ally to help you open those roads. And yes, her legend is just that. It's a legend. We are not sure what her real name was. We're not sure what her true backstory is, though that showcases the creativity and the importance of folklore and religion. And we live in a time where people read the Bible as a sole source of truth, but that was never the intention. These stories, fictional or not, they have an energy to them. They have an importance and it's not meant to be Historical, Sometimes they are, but more so it's meant to allow us to better understand and tap into that energy. So when we see a woman feeding the birds and crying because she wants to nurture someone else, we can think, wow, this great saint can nurture me as well. So there's these stories that I think people write off because they're not in the Bible or people get in a tizzy because they feel like the church is banning it. No, it's still there. You can read it. But these these scripture items, apocryphal or not, canonical or apocryphal, if they're in the Bible or not, these scriptures are meant to reveal something to us on an individual level. We will all resonate with things differently. So the stories, the legends of Saint Anne, whether it was written by Saint Thomas, Saint James, whether it was written by a nun or a monk, whether it was written by just someone in the middle ages that had devotion to her, these stories are still intended to give us an energy that we can relate to work with bring us closer to a great saint who in turn can bring us closer to god let us pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit dear god many people feel far away from you because they feel as if they cannot connect with you because how can we connect with a disembodied figure that is both far away yet still so near And to solve this issue that many people have, you sent great saints alongside your son, alongside his mother, to show us that we can have hope, to show us how we can love and how we can see you and trust in you. And in the story of the great Saint Anne, we see a woman who is just like us, who had a family. Who had fears, who had sorrows, and yet your angel still appeared. God, allow all of us to know that you are near. To not see you as a distant figure, but instead to see you as a grandmother. To see you as a wife. To see you as a mother. To see you as a friend. Allow us to see God in all people, in all things. In St. Anne, Mother of Mary, Grandmother of Christ, be with us as we live our lives, be with us as we interact with our family, friends, and loved ones. Show us the way. If there is a door that we cannot open, please open it for us. If there is something that needs to be created, please be with us in that creation. Saint Anne, Mother of Mary, wife of Joachim, Grandmother of Christ, pray for us thank you for listening to another episode of saint anthony's tongue as always i am your host w tune in next time and remember saint anne saint anne come and find me a man god bless you all take care and until next time